Welcome to Pod Trivia, the podcast that don't want no scrub. A scrub is a man that can't get no pod trivia questions right. I'm your host, Britton. I'm Kyle. I got that reference. Did you? Yeah, it's the song. Who's it by? Destiny's Child. Nope. No. Leave. The front door is right there. Kyle, we've talked about them on the podcast. We talked about them on the contract law episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I never sent this to you. No. Do you remember the name now that you remember the episode? Don't try to change the topic. Um, this is a disgrace. Continue. Okay. I, I meant to send this to you. There's a YouTube channel called Legal Eagle, and he's like a real lawyer. He reviews cases in media and talks about them from a legal perspective and all this stuff. He did an episode recently talking about how like Taylor Swift has changed contract laws in the music industry. And as I'm watching it, I was like, this is our contract law episode. Like, he goes through the exact same examples and discusses this artist that we're referencing, but I don't remember her name. DLC. Yeah, there you go. And and talks about, like, how artists a lot of times get screwed in really bad deals and goes through the Kesha case and goes through Taylor Swift's case. And it's a, it's a really great episode that... I think borrows a lot of, I don't say borrows. He probably didn't see, listen to our our episode at all, but um, it's very similar in an interesting way to our contract law episode. I feel like we should sue him. I I don't think that we have a case. (sighs) No. All right. I have a fun fact today. Yes. Kyle is going to be talking about some Harry Potter fan theories. Mm -hmm. And to begin, we are going to do a little fun fact, but, do you guys know one of the major changes that was made to the books when they were sold in the U.S.? They changed multiple words. For example, yeah. they took out philosopher and put in sorcerers Yep, because they didn't think that Americans would understand what a philosopher is because to us it just means a thinker, someone who like thinks about things. Right. Yeah. They I also think- changed like rubbish to trash and think, things like Oh, I like think that. they have rubbish in there. So today on Reddit, I saw that there is, of course, many versions, and one of them is the Scots version. Oh. And I have sent this to Britain, and he is going to read some of chapter one to us. I have given him no time to prepare, and so we apologize to all Scot people, Scottish people, the laddie what lived, Mr. Oh, and Mrs. No. Dursley, a name fair private loon, were proud to say that they were great namers. Thank you very much. <laughs> they were the least folk you would jealous with the tangled up with anything unco or weird because they just did not have we wavers like yun. To be fair. While I'm doing a bit of an accent, I'm also reading it word for word, no, letter is. for letter. No, he is. Okay. For example, it says, thank ye vera much. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dursley whizzed the head and bum o a firm quad grunnings that made drills. His whiz a muckle beefy tucket man with a stumpy wee craggy, although he did have a great muckle muzzer, muckle muzzer, which I have to assume be mustache? Yeah. Mrs. Dursley was a skinny malanky, <laughs> blonde-headed wompton, was craggy with just about a foot along the Issa Vox, which was afri hundy as he spent ses muckle time keening over gearing fences, 
nibbing at the neighbors. The Dursleys had a wee son called Dudley, and they, them was Wisney a brawler laddie in the whole world. The Dursley had something they wanted, but the will of hassin and thing they had a secret, and the worst fear was it something we'd never oot. They didn't think they could. To, there, that's the end of the page. There you go. So good. So that's my fun fact. What I so I've been watching a couple British shows, and what I think is funny is that British people have trouble understanding British accents because there's such yeah. a wide range between oh. Northern and Southern, and there's a Welsh accent, there's mm-hmm. Scottish accent, Irish accent, like London accent. So like each of even though they're, I mean the length of England or the United Kingdom is from like California to Oregon, something like that. Sure. Like it's not a long distance, Mm -hmm. yet they have so many different dialects and Mm -hmm. ways of speaking that they can't even understand. It's not just like us Americans can't understand British Mm -hmm. accents. They can't understand their own. No, that's, I mean, I get what you're saying. I I do think that they, um, it'd be a really interesting episode to talk about where different um, accents came from there. Um, but if somebody has a really st- strong Southern accent, it can yeah. be hard for other Americans to understand them. Yes. Or if you had like a strong Southern accent and then you had like an upper New York accent, yeah. like there is a lot of diversity there too. And I think it's the Northern accents that are the most difficult for that. I've sorry, in my personal experience that in, I have been in watching America TV or in UK in the UK oh, okay. of people of British people struggling to understand Northern British accents in the few TV shows that I've been, reality British TV shows that I watch. Ooh, or like Hawaiian. Like sometimes people have Mm -hmm. trouble understanding um, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Hmm, interesting. I mean, in America, we have tons of different languages. I don't know that you were sort of referencing that they don't have as much distance, but even like New York to Boston, Mm it's not that far. That's true. Very, very different accents. You can probably understand each other through those accents, but, but it's still, like, but it it's is... like most of the time. And then there yeah. is one hundred percent, like we saw in this. What did, what did they call Petunia? Like phrases where you're like, I don't know what they're saying. Right? Yeah. Skinny Malinky. Head bomber, Mister Dursley whizzed a head bummer. Oh, a firm called Gruddings. That uh-huh. made drills. A head. It would be interesting to compare and contrast, he but that's what we're doing. He was a here. muckle, beefy, bouquet man with a stumpy, wee, craggy. I don't so know what a craggy are. is. I don't know. Okay, this has been not the episode, but it does lead very well because we are for the 84th time. That's right. Oh, we second. don't have 84 episodes, but we have talked about Harry Potter 84 times now, and we're doing it again. Yeah, this would be a... I guess you could say a part two, a revisit of an episode that I did a long time ago. Entitled, Britain and Becky yell at Kyle for saying stupid things about Harry Potter that aren't true. And we're ready to do it again. Exactly. And that, by and far, is my favorite episode. I love that episode so much. And I was like, let's go. It's near the holidays. You watch Harry Potter around the holidays. Do let's you? go for a Harry Potter fan theory situation. And let's talk about three more fan theories. So we do, because I want to watch holiday movies. Uh Uh-huh. But Kyle is Scrooge. Yes. And so I have to come up with things 
that you could argue are and aren't holiday movies in order for us to be happy. That's why he says that. Because they reference Christmas. Well, they reference it, but also, I guess in my childhood, like they'd be on TV around Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I have a lot of memories of watching them with family. It's nice that you have memories with family. I have a lot of memories with you with my family. <laughs> All right. So jumping into our first fan theory, you guys were in this uh, Scottish interpretation or a Scottish translation, I guess I should say, of uh, Harry Potter describing the Dursleys. So I thought we'd start with the Dursleys and the first fan theory surrounds the Dursleys. No, you're wrong. Sound, sounds Sorry, wrong. I was just practicing. <laughs> all right. So we all know that Harry's mind became an unintentional pseudo horcrux when Voldemort accidentally killed himself. When no, his... I wouldn't say his mind, like his whole body. And it's Fine, not fan. pseudo, it just was a horcrux. It just was. All right. Choose your words carefully, Kyle. I'm, I'm we so are sorry. here to fight. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to title this episode Fight Club. Okay. By the way, I'm getting this fan theory from uh, looper.com. So, um,. Criticize them for some of the word choices. No, I'm no. going to criticize you. Fair no. enough. <laughs> so we all know that Harry became an unintentional pseudo horcrux. Don't say it again after we've proven you wrong. <sighs> you chose sentence. this. Edit in real time. <laughs> when Voldemort accidentally killed himself when his Avada Kedavra curse rebounded, a small piece of Tom Riddle's soul latched onto Harry and cozied up in there for the next 17 years. <gasps> I know what your theory is, and I'm, I agree with it. Oh, awesome. Even though Harry was not a, quote, traditional Horcrux, we know that Voldemort's presence affected Harry, giving him some of Voldemort's powers and causing occasional angry and violent outbursts. I don't know that we ever got definitive description of if Harry being angry was Harry being a teenage boy who was being treated badly by most of the adults around him or was because of Voldemort. True, but keep reading because I think I know where you're going, mm-hmm. and I want you to get to that point because whatever, yep. Harry is a moody teenager. Like, that yep. doesn't need, but just keep going. So what if Harry wasn't the only one affected by Voldemort's presence? Yes. As vividly illustrated in the books, Voldemort's true horcruxes were capable of dramatically changing the personality of someone exposed to one for extended periods. Mm-hmm. Harry and Hermione were frequently snappish and angry while carrying the locket, and Normally, happy-go-lucky Ron turned into a raging, jealous mess who abandoned his friends. I had changed my opinion already, by the way, just so you know. Okay. (laughs) If a horcrux can do that to a good-natured person, what might it have done to the Dursleys who were around Harry every day for 10 years? Okay, so so one, no. All right, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. I, I was on board, and then I thought up new facts and disagree now. Okay, go ahead, Becky. Never mind. I'm going to let you keep going. I just want to destroy every way this person looks at it. But, like, I would not describe Ron in the first six books as happy-go-lucky. Like, Ron has been a grump from day one. I think they're referring to specifically the seventh book. But here is my counterpoint, is that... Wait, we should explain it if people aren't as quick as us. Tell, tell them what the thing is. Okay. From flashbacks, we know that Petunia wasn't exactly a very nice person as a child, and Vernon was probably no better. But it's interesting to consider that maybe their already sour natures were were further exacerbated by Voldemort's evil presence. Since Dudley was born the same year as Harry, he's literally lived his entire life around this Horcrux. It almost makes you feel a little bit sorry for them. No. Almost. 
So yeah. here's where the theory the theory comes from is that in the seventh book when they're wearing the necklace, yes, they right. get moody and mad and angry and stuff because because being in so close to something that is so evil and against mm-hmm. nature kind of seeps out of the object and into you a little bit. However, it is strongest and they really feel it when you're wearing the Horcrux, meaning it is right. touching you. And they don't touch Harry. I think it is very, yeah. The Dursleys never touched Harry. They never hugged him. I don't think that they- Only they when just, he was like a baby could I see it as like a possibility. I doubt even that. He got no cuddle time. He was just tummy time 24-7. Because they do say when they t- take the necklace off, they immediately feel better. And when they pass it off to each other. Uh-huh. And they would do that when someone's starting to act up or like when Ron's starting to like lash out and stuff. They're mm-hmm. like, just take the necklace off. You know it's the necklace. You're going to feel a little bit better after that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we never notice it with anyone else. Like he gets a girlfriend and Jenny's fine. So. But Jenny, I mean, they they start, I mean, they're, they get. The Dursleys would have had years and years right. of experience to this. Sure, I'm just saying Jenny touched him, and she never had any problems. More than the Dursleys. Yeah. <laughs> Implied. Implied, well, Their yeah. lips touched. Um, they kiss. They, like, dance. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a strong possibility. No. Even though, you're right, the Dursleys don't touch him. Correct. But they are around him for but Harry's finer on the necklace unless it's on, and same with Ron. Mm-hmm. I think they both describe like they're they're still like nervous around it. There's like no, an energy around it, they even don't. though it's not touching them. This has been Kyle Fax. But also, people are fine with Nagini. And what about the uh, like? What else is there? Oh, well, uh, what's her face? The old woman that's not in the movies that has both the goblet and the yeah, everyone else is fine. You yeah. just wouldn't like cuddle a goblet. All right, next theory. Disproved. Yeah, this has been nonsense time. Thank right. you. I Thank like you. the I like the the attempt. It was and like interesting. I said, I thought I was on board until it. They just don't feel that bad. Fair, fair enough. Maybe that's why Beatri- uh, Bellatrix is so evil because it's in her vault. Yeah, the cup is in. Her he vault. is not being serious. I I understand that. Okay. All right, this this next theory also comes from the British. Lucius had the diary. That's why he's evil, and Malfoy grew up reading the diary every day. Therefore, he's fine, and once the diary was stabbed, Malfoy slowly started getting better, and that's why he got a redemption arc at the end of the seventh movie. Continue! (laughs) It's perhaps one of the largest unanswered questions of the series. And and actually, I think this first sentence is sort of nonsensical, but I decided to include it anyway, so that way y'all can crap on it. Why do wizards have to hide their powers from muggles? And if they are so powerful, why aren't they in charge of the world? If history has taught us anything, it's that usually those with superior firepower and knowledge win in the matchup. However, one theorist has given a different idea, and it gives an interesting alternate explanation. The reason in the book is that wizards feel better just being like left alone and not having right. to you know, bother with muggles and yeah. they're worried if they expose themselves and muggles will be like, help me with this, help me with that and just right. want magical solutions for everything and not do anything by themselves. And I they'd rather that- just live in their own worlds and not have to yeah. deal with muggles. I think they also talk about how they used to not do that and how people turned evil because they could like torture muggles and stuff. 
Mm, this this uh, sort of leans into a little bit of the theory here. So one theorist provides an interesting alternate explanation. Wizards and muggles fought a war sometime in the Middle Ages, and the muggles won. At the end of the Goblet of Fire... No. Is- Wait, didn't you just say that those with more power usually win? He sure did. And yeah. then now you're saying that the muggles with less power won against the wizards? Yep. So you're doing a full one. Perfect. Thank you. Continue on. Uh-huh. This is wrong. At the end of the Goblet of Fire, it is revealed that the Ministry of Magic has to talk to the British Prime Minister about bringing a dragon into the country. This implies that the Minister of Magic reports to the British Prime Minister and may require is, his approval. This is written for- by somebody who read one sentence of Harry Potter. No part of that relationship has the Prime Minister be in charge. We literally see them talk. In and the sixth book. shocked to find out that they exist. And... Um, I'm pretty sure it's just like a nice thing to do to let him know that there's going to be a dragon. Um, It may require his approval for matters of this nature. Additionally, wizards of today appear to be much less powerful when compared to the ancient wizards like Merlin or the Peverils. I can't say that word. Okay. And the founders of Hogwarts. What are we even doing here? What? (laughs) Perhaps the muggles were more successful with their trials and inquisitions than we originally were led to believe. Okay. First off, they mentioned in the book that the Peverils are just a story, so they didn't necessarily yeah, actually legend. defeat death. Merlin, wh- how strong was he? Like, what they don't talk about, they mention him, but they don't really talk about him in the books in the Harry Potter universe. How He's are we just like to a know? curse word. They're like, son of Merlin. Yeah. So, like, we don't know anything about him. Also, McGonagall literally made tables fight at the Battle of Hogwarts. I don't know if that's that strong, but like. <laughs> I love that that's what we went with. Yeah, no, just just no. Yeah. <laughs> just a solid no, thank you. Also, okay, if they were stronger back then, mm-hmm. how did they lose to the Muggles once again? So many questions. And back then would have been like, what, the 1500s or something? So it's Middle not like, Ages is yeah. what the theory is specifically. Okay, so Avada Kedavra versus I have a hatchet. <laughs> but a more powerful version of the killing curse. Yeah. Whatever it, that is. It's the Avonica A-bomb. Curses. Yeah. Yeah. A-bomb Kedavra. But they lost. Obviously. And then there's been a decline in magical power ever since. And you know what we have really... to tell the governor yeah. when we're bringing a dragon in. Yeah. What we've really learned from watching the Dursleys interact with wizards is that the Dursleys had the upper hand. Okay. Now, what if... All of the muggle world started feeling Harry as a horcrux because they were so involved in his life and, and started feeling bad. that's why they were mad. Mm-hmm. That probably caused racism and World War II and um, hunger. World hunger. World hunger. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just hunger. World hunger. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Because I, I didn't know if you were just talking about how hungry you were right now. No. Okay. I mean, Harry probably did cause that as well. <laughs> It makes sense. I like to blame him on being a faux pseudo-semi-horcrux that's different than all of the other ones, but exactly the same at the same time. Uh-huh. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted I- in my own BS. I think this theory- Oh, uh, yeah. Your thoughts. L- lose it. <laughs> I'm not- <laughs> I think this theory leans well into the concept of- not being true <laughs> like you know i think you could no i in, don't know kyle <laughs> you could work in things like witch trials and burning witches at the stake 
in a really interesting way. No, because that sort of shows that muggles clearly okay, so, have some so, sort wait, of wait. Let me do it. Let okay, me do it. Knowledge it of witches and wizards. No, Kyle, you're wrong. And Kyle, maybe Kyle. even had an upper hand in certain scenarios. Okay, so they literally talk in the books. I don't know if you know this, but there are books. Yeah, the for movies. The movies, the movies yeah. were based off of books. Yeah, books. Have you heard of books? That they have open a lot like of this? words in them. I know that. And you read the words. If you've read a book, yeah. you claim to me yesterday that uh-huh. you've read these books. Uh-huh. So I pay did. attention to hear what words are in the books. Uh-huh. They talk about witch trials. Yeah. And they talk about when somebody was burned at the stake. They would just do a charm to like protect themselves or to shrink. And one witch liked it so much, she did it over and over again and kept getting caught because she liked the sensation of being burned or shrinking or whatever it was. Yeah, so not a single witch or wizard has ever been burned from any of the witch trials. Fair enough. So your whole <laughs> you argument you of how muggles in are so just good. pure nonsense. All right, good we're ready for the right. next one. All right, third you know theory. What, you know what I'm learning right now mm. is that Kyle is very gullible. Yeah, gullible to propaganda that has been fed to him by the Muggles. I think he also just enjoys us arguing. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Kyle, do your research. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so this third theory comes from slashfilm.com. It's surrounding the three brothers' tale. As told in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. The wee three brothers. Yes. In the Scottish tales. Do do one of you want to do a quick summarization of no. the three brothers no. tale? No, everybody listening to this knows Harry Potter. Actually, Becky, I think we should do a really quick summarization one word at a time. The three brothers did magic. The end. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Um, you know, they talked with death and they got some stuff from death. That's what we said. Yeah. Read between the lines. Uh Uh-huh. So this theory proposes that in this story, Lord, Lord, uh, Lord Voldemort represents the first brother who asks for a wand more powerful than any other, which ends up being his downfall. That's the seventh book. That's him going to get the wand that the Peveril brothers made. Uh Uh-huh. This That's, is not like reading into uh, the, the Peveril story. Okay, this is just, just reading the seventh book. Okay, this is just the beginning. We're not even at the theory yet. Okay. Calm it down. <laughs> Severus Snape represents the se- second brother who asks for a tool to resurrect loved ones. His memory still clung to Lily Potter. Finally, here's the key part of this theory. Harry Potter represents the third brother, described in the fable as a humble man who only asks... For a, a to live a long, happy life without the fear of death. In the fable, death bestows an invisible cloak upon the third brother, which protects him, but not his brothers, from his end. Harry Potter is the boy who lived by cheating death. It makes perfect sense. And no, it doesn't. Love this Don't theory. say it makes perfect sense. Inspired by this theory, a Tumblr user who goes by the name of Harry James Potter, but the A in James is an X instead believes that if we accept this association between the characters... We don't. ...and the story of the three brothers... We don't. ...then that means that Albus Dumbledore... It doesn't mean. ...represents death. Okay. After all, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the story, yep. we hear that death searched for the third brother sure. for years and was only able to find him after the brother gave his cloak of invisibility to his son. He found him immediately. He literally went to his parents house when he died and gave him to the dursleys 
Keep going. When death shows up, the third brother greets him as an old friend and went off with him gladly, he departing this life as equals. He didn't have a choice. Elvis died before Harry. In the movie, when Harry Potter has the killing curse shot at him, he enters the heavenly version of King's Cross Station and greets Dumbledore as an old friend. It's not heavenly. It's in his own mind. Even Albus says that. But instead of them both departing this life, Harry shakes the legend up by going back and so living his life. So it's not relevant cheating death to the legend. One last time. So it's completely different. Snake. Snake. <laughs> Snake. Dumbledore. <laughs> Harry Potter, no, no, Harry Potter. death. What? Death. Oh, sorry. He's death. Death. It's, it's a theory that fans have been going crazy for. Who? And now no! Fans, no! J.K. Rowling herself has given the seal of approval through her own Twitter profile, tweeting, "Dumbledore is death. It's a beautiful theory, and it fits." Hey, guess what? J.K. Rowling can. We have talked about we are not talking about her. We are not honoring her. We are not using that name. Fair enough. She is not giving me any opinions. She is Chugi. She is true Chugi. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for rapid trivia? But you guys aren't going to like discuss that theory anymore? Then did have you not gotten my opinions? <laughs> I d- okay. I realize that people can't see me. I am sitting sitting as far back in my chair as I can. <laughs> Real slouch down, my right hand on my temple, in pain staring off into the distance. Same. (laughs) With how incorrect every part of that was. Becky, do you want to give some thoughts on this It's just nonsense time. Uh Uh-huh. But come on, like Dumbledore being analogous for death in the Three three Brothers tale, that works really well. How? Okay, here is the thing. If you, in a book, were going to have like a miniature story be a metaphor for the whole story. I know we argue about metaphors here, but just go with me. Mm-hmm. You would have to have it play out the same way. Otherwise, it's just coincidences. Also, let me let me play out how he's death. So he gave a magic wand to Voldemort so Voldemort could kill all of his enemies. I mean, that is what happens. After he died, he didn't give it to him. He actually fought tooth and nail to keep the wand from Voldemort. So that's wrong. But what eventually happens is that Dumbledore gives up the wand to... No, he doesn't give it to him. He's dead. He's dead. Okay, but he still takes it from his hands. Yes, but that's completely different from the story. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying he doesn't sort of happen. He doesn't bring back any of Snape's dead relatives like he doesn't bring back lily he doesn't right sure but okay so that's also very different from the story (laughs) and how does he help okay i I, will say that giving the clothes could could be analogous to helping harry stay alive but also your favorite theory from the previous episode was that dumbledore knew knew everything and led harry to his death in multiple trials so that way he can overcome so that is not saving him that is literally killing him he literally led him to his death dumbledore knew that harry was gonna have to die yeah and after that it was up to harry to decide whether he goes back to life or moves on that is not saving him from death that's murdering him (laughs) So it is not at all close to the story, and this theory is dumb, and we're doing rapid trivia. Sorry, what do what you can rebuttal. No, it was great. Like there's it's not at all analogous analogous to this. 
Uh, I am wrong. I agree. Movie. <laughs> Sorry. I think the the theory that you're referencing around Dumbledore knowing about everything and planning a lot of Harry's life, I think is still my favorite theory. I I don't know if it leans into the sort of the same theory here. I think that Dumbledore planned Harry's life no, no, to eventually no, lead him to death. No. So there we no go. No past arguing. Okay. We did that one. We won. And I'm just saying There's you can't no agree with two theories that contradict each other. Oh, they don't, I don't oh he contradict can and he will. just said they do. I don't okay. think that they do. We're doing rapid trivia. All Everyone's right. mad at your nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you got what you wanted. Yeah, you wanted I'm us so to happy. You. I'm so happy. You did so not glad. want to come for with the comeback. You just wanted us to yell at you. And you know what? We have exceeded beyond my own wildest dreams. Is it really almost one o'clock, you guys? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was supposed to be at work at 1230, so. Okay, cool. Oh, we'll do cool. some rapid trivia. No, we're good on time. Okay. It's a su- Saturday. I don't care if my boss is mad that I'm late by 30 minutes when I'm this- quitting in a week. Oh, I was sure. going to say, this is your old boss. Okay. I wouldn't yeah. put this part in the podcast. Oh, I'm yeah. leaving all this in. Great. All right, so today's rapid trivia is about chick flicks. Rapid trivia. Rapid trivia. That's not bad. I like that. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. Um, I do karaoke. And I think most of these, I'm going to describe a plot of a movie to you two, and you are going to come up with the title of that movie. Sounds good. Now, I imagine there may be some you don't know. I would like you to invent a good title for a chick flick if needed. Perfect. As a good warm up, do you mind if I. Do the first one towards you, just so that way, you know, the listeners can understand as a, like, practice round, if you will. Are you trying to mansplain trivia to I'm me? really uh-huh. trying to do a joke and that might involve laughter. <laughs> this is not, this is an act of whimsy, not an act of malice. <laughs> Mansplaining is often intended to be an act of whimsy and not malice, but you may do it. All right, so... Um, man sees girl. Girl does not initially appeal to man, but then through time and circumstance, man falls for girl. Man does bad thing, and girl says, you know what, man, you're not for me. Then at last minute, man comes back to girl in grand romantic gesture, and they live happily ever after. I mean, I don't know why you described it like that. Every rom-com ever. Without, like, verbs and stuff. Like, it wasn't, like, in 100 words or less. Um, I don't know. You literally could say any movie. That that was the joke. It is the rom-com trope. And if you describe any of your movies like that, we will not guess it. Please use more (laughs) verbs. Okay, I will. But also, like, what a wildly sexist way of looking at, like, a whole categories of movies. Boom. Oh, hold on. I'm ready. Are you ready? All right. What if I was like, all right, there's a man. He has a lot of muscles in a big car. And then something happens. Man mad. His wife's in danger. He must go save her. Big fight. Car <laughs> chasing. Helicopters. Saves wife. What movie is that? Any Marvel movie. Any man movie at it's all. That's Marvel all of the Fast and Furious. Yeah. That's yeah. most of the Marvel movies. So, like, we can do this with any category. I agree. I'm not trying to call out. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I- I'm, I'm not just... trying to sh- throw any shade here. Bull. All right. Have you seen Not Another Teen Movie? 
Isn't that the movie that we started watching in high school and then had to turn off? I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. No. No. But anyway, it makes fun of all of the like 90s rom-com dramas. And and it's funny because like at one point, you know, in 10 Things I Hate About You, how he's singing on the stairs. Mm -hmm. It's this nice romantic gesture. Well, Mm -hmm. this guy in this movie has the same thought. It's actually Chris Evans. Fun fact. Mm. And he's like, okay, I got to pick a song with the girl's name in it. The girl's name is Janie. So he starts singing on the stairs. Janie's got a gun. Uh, and then, of course, the school like police come in and start like tackling her to the ground as hilarious. he's just sitting up there singing. All right, we're going to get to real rapid trivia yeah, now. Yeah, go ahead, Bex. All right. In this movie, which earned an Oscar nomination, a woman plays a headstrong girl who refuses to marry for money and instead tries to find her own husband. But Hold when on, her- my boss is calling. Uh-oh. Hello? Okay. Okay, if you go to the 2020 holdings folder, if you look at the 21, there should be the state breakdowns for each. The one that I think is off is New York. There's like a huge New York loss. Okay, sounds good. All right, see you Monday. Bye. Yeah, let's record as long as we want. (laughs) Did he tell you to not come in? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I need to review it and go over stuff and then uh, can look at your work and like Uh so he's like i don't need to waste your time by you coming in when i can just get a better understanding of it without you which is why i'm leaving my job because we were supposed to do this a week ago and we still haven't all right i'm gonna reread this question yeah go ahead bex (laughs) all right our first one a 2005 yep so the first one is a 2005 film which earned an Oscar nomination for its 20-year-old star. Can I guess? Oh, 20-year-old star. Never mind. Sorry. She plays a headstrong girl who refuses to marry for money but instead tries to find her own husband. But Titanic. when her choice of husband runs off with her younger sister, she discovers that a handsome stranger who she has hated since first sight just might be her true love. Ooh. I thought it was Titanic for a while, but then the sister thing really threw me off. Is it Frozen? No. Darn. No, it's not 2005. Okay. Well, shut up, Titanic. Also not 2005, Billy Zane. In the last six months, we've watched this together, Kyle. I don't know any movies where the main character has a sister. I don't know. Okay, so remember, if you can't come up with it, I want you two to make up a name for me. Oh, I think this is, isn't this um, Sister Act 3? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, this would be Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Never seen it. Makes you sense. You would enjoy it. So Kyle watched it um, because I convinced him for the like, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep going. All right. All right. So this movie came out in 1996 and helped Leonardo DiCaprio shoot to stardom. Go ahead. Titanic? No. Ah, boom, roasted. Uh, is it the Romeo and Juliet? It is, which we are literally in the middle of watching, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You didn't come up with it. I would have come up with it second from Titanic. Titanic, I feel like, is the bigger Leo movie than Romeo. Did it come out in 1996? Because we all know when movies come out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, that was shade left over from the beginning of the episode. Fair enough. Fair enough. I need to leave that behind in the Harry Potter part or in rapid <laughs> trivia. 
All right, I'm children. a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to get Frankie to a vet appointment at some point. So, yes. all right. In this next movie, a fashion designer gets engaged to the mayor of New York's son. The only problem, she isn't divorced from her husband she married in high school. This is has Jennifer Aniston in it. No, no. This has Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Oh wow! Well done. I know. I know Reese Witherspoon. It doesn't sound creepy at all. I wish. Could could we invite her on the podcast? I wish. Reese, we know you're listening. Reese, we know you're listening. Email us. We can invite her. She won't show up. Children. In this 1995 film, Sandra Bullock falls in love with Peter Gallagher, a man she's never really spoken to, but has taken his token every morning at the Chicago subway station where she works. Uh, This is that movie where... The lake house. No. Some, somebody goes into a coma and then they're in the hospital. I mean, or he goes into Christmas. a coma and she shows up at the hospital and she pretends to be his fiance to his yeah. family. I, While you were asleep. asleep. Sleeping. There you go. Children. Last one. Sorry. It, oh, she can do more than one more. When do you have a, a No, appointment? we have no. plenty of time. Oh, okay, never mind then. Let's keep going then. I thought that we had to rush no. through. No. A single father gets dating help from his son. Hitch. No. Hitch doesn't have a kid. (laughs) I know, but dating advice. (laughs) We've watched this too in the last year. A single father gets dating help from his son. Oh, um, the Christmas one. Santa Claus. No, the one where it's... (laughs) It's all the disconnected stories, and no. they all end up no. in the same story. Love no. actually, is yeah, I love the actually. one you're thinking of. That is the one you're thinking of. But Liam that's Neeson, not the right? Liam Neeson, and the kid who that's, plays the drums. That's Taken. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is um, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, oh, uh, that was set in the place where we ne- live near. Okay, but it wasn't shot in Seattle. No, it wasn't. Shot in Vancouver, I think. Yeah, it but was, there is at least one scene on one in, house that's yeah, on Lake Washington yeah. that well, I've driven. shot around here. Yeah. All right. An old man in a nursing home reads the story a Christmas of Carol. two young lovers the to a fellow resident. It's the uh, Princess Bride. Uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the notebook isn't bad, though. Okay, it is the notebook. Yeah! <laughs> but I don't know why you went from there to the Princess Bride. It's definitely the Princess Bride. Okay, I'm going to read this again. I would like everyone to concentrate. An old man in a nursing home reads the story of two uh, young lovers to a fellow resident. We're, oh, no, enough. we're not that far off. That kid just says the flu. We're not <laughs> far off. <laughs> like, you change two words and it's the Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becky's enthusiastic <laughs> with us. Becky funny. is as upset yeah. with I'm, us as I was with Kyle earlier. I, no, I'm not upset. I'm just amazed. <laughs> All right. In this movie, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna team up to help out their men while they're off at war. Oceans 2. Oh, uh, it's it's um the one they're playing baseball. A league of their own. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, you got it. I don't know anything about that movie, and I've never seen it, and oh. I literally just said a movie title. I do think you would enjoy it. All right, this has been Do Men Watch Movies with um, More Than One Woman in It? And the answer has been no. So, Well, as it's November, yeah. and we're getting close to Thanksgiving, 
I would like to give thanks to you, listener, specifically those that have given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And to everybody else, I mean, you get, like, a non-special thank you, but, like, thanks for listening, because without you, we wouldn't do this. Like, let's be honest, if we had zero listeners, I don't think we'd still be putting out episodes. Yeah. But we do have some listeners. We do. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Thank you to them. Yeah. So thank you, listener. Yeah. Because without you, this is just me listening to myself talk to my friends weekly. And if you do a five-star review, you can send me a screenshot and a movie request, and I will make Britton and Kyle watch that movie. Also, for Thanksgiving, if you want to send in your name, if you listen on our Thanksgiving episode, we will read every single one of our listeners on air as a big old thank you to you. If that's something you want. Yeah, you don't have to send in your name. You could send someone else's name. You can. You could just say Britain over and over again. Thank you to Britain and thank you to Britain and thank you to our new listener, Britain, who referred Britain to the podcast. (laughs) All right. I would also say that if you like the Harry Potter fan theory episodes, please email us, podtriviacast at gmail.com or, you know, follow us on Instagram and send us a DM at podtriviacast. And... Uh, Let us know what fan theory you want me to cover next. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye, Turkey. Bye.